Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Today I want to um, take us to one, one verse. It's going to be our central focus for the next few minutes, and it's found in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I've just titled today's message, This is My Story. This is my story. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Father, thank you for this time together with your people, for your word. Lord, your word is a powerful thing. It is more powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's living And right now, Lord, we invite your word into our hearts, into our lives, to bring what only it can bring. It's life to those who find it, and it is health to all of their flesh. Lord, let your word penetrate every part of our being, spirit, soul, and body today. Thank you for it. Thank you, Lord, that you give us your word, Lord, to help us live above our circumstances, to help us walk in a level of victory, the reality of the victory that Jesus Christ himself purchased for us with his own blood. And when he said it is finished, it really is finished. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that Jesus satisfied the wrath of God and the punishment and the penalty for our sins. Took upon himself our death, died for our sins so that we don't have to die from our sins. And Lord, we thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, now thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ to be upon your people today. That, Lord, we will grow today. We will experience, a, have a God encounter, a collision, Lord, with the unexpected. Lord, that we'll never be the same today by what happens here under the hearing of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 2 says, I'm crucified with Christ. There are three things here I want to point out about our story. Our story that now once you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, your whole story changed. You once were darkness, but now you are light. You once were dead in your sins, but now you're alive unto God. But Paul helps us understand some things. Number one, he says, I'm crucified with Christ. In other words, this is my station. Say that. This is my station. This is my stance or my station or my position. Then he says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. This is my strength. Say that with me. This is my strength. Amen. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. This is my stride. Say that with me. This is my stride. This is my stride. I now live or I now walk by faith. Faith in the Son of God. He says, I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. When he died, so did I. You and I experienced this death by simply reckoning that what has already happened through Christ, that it is a reality right now in your life. It's already finished. Let's go to Romans chapter 6, if we could, for just a minute. Romans chapter 6, I want to read some verses from here to kind of uh, just expound on this truth that we're crucified with Him, that He died and we died. Romans 6 and verse 5 says, For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly also we shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. Verse 6, Knowing this, 
that our old man was crucified. This is not talking about your dad. This is talking about your old nature, our, who you once were. Our old man was crucified with him. That is that nature that was dead in sin, thanks to Adam, who sinned and made us all sinners. That the body of sin, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. So what this is teaching us is the fact that Christ died, and now you identify that you died with Him. That is the old nature. Now the, the flesh and all of its animalistic appetites and its carnal ways no longer have a power over you. You can choose to live above just these uh, carnal kind of appetites, these, these things that would only satisfy the flesh. What's in it for me? Me, 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 me. Right? You have the ability to see beyond yourself and to live the greater experience in life. All right? You're no longer a slave of sin. Let's jump down to verse 10 of, this same verse, of the same chapter. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. Thank God. Once for all. And, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. In other words, account it done. You're already dead to sin. You're not dying to sin. You're dead to sin, all right? But alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, this is your station. That is, this is where you stand with God. You are dead to sin, and you're alive to God today. Amen. Now, listen, and those, you have to have both of those things at work. It can't just be dead to sin. There are people today who have taken, I'll just this mentality or, or this doctrine of dying to self to an absolute extreme. Um, and instead of being free of self, what they've become is really just wrapped up in themselves. Um, they constantly think of self, and it may be in all negative terms, but it's still self-centered. See, really humble people, truly humble people, are the ones who have, who are, have become Christ-centered, who have decided they're going to reckon themselves dead to sin but alive to God. See, dying to self is not a hatred for self, but rather it is a love for Christ more than yourself. There are these false religions all over the world that preach a denial of yourself. The legalistic Jews fought Paul on every turn in this matter. A focus on the denial of self without the enthronement of Christ is only legalism. That's all it is. It's just religious gyrations. It's meaningless. I am dead to sin, but I'm alive to God. I am dead to sin. If we took 100 pianos and we tuned them all to one tuning fork, all of them would automatically be tuned to one another. They don't tune to one another. They all tune to a higher standard. And all these pianos, they have conceded to that tone so that all of them can be untuned. See, God has a standard for you and I that we must reckon ourselves already dead to sin but alive to Christ. And there are many who are in their own feeble attempts trying to do good stuff or trying to avoid doing the wrong stuff to maybe hope to get God's attention. But God says, no, no, no you're out of tune. You're out of tune. This is, this, is the, this is what you must do. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way that you can have any right standing with God. Any peace with God only comes through the death of His Son and your recognition that Christ died for your sins and when He died, so did you. Let me tell you something. That's a lot easier way. That takes all the striving and the straining out 
and just resting in Him. This is my station. I've been crucified with Christ. And then he says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That is, there's a strength for you and I to tap into. There's a power that is beyond our own. Praise God. You're truly free to live, but it isn't actually you who is living. It is Christ living through you now. And failure to understand that simple truth is where you fall into legalism and just a performance kind of mentality when it comes to God. See, the law focuses on the outer man and tells it what it must do. But the grace of God, praise God, it speaks to your inner man and tells you what has already been accomplished through His Son, Jesus Christ. What is already yours through His death, burial, and resurrection. And those focused on what they must do, what they need to do, are always bound under law and always failing. The more rules you make, the more failures you set up for yourselves. But those who are focused on what Christ has done for them are living under grace. And let me tell you something, living under grace is living in victory. Sin shall not have dominion over you. You're not under law. You're under grace. Praise God. Listen, the Christian life is not just hard to live. It's impossible to live without the power of Christ in us. It's impossible. The only way to walk in victory is to let Christ live through you. That's why Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can I get a couple of, can I get you guys again? Would you mind coming and helping me again, volunteer this morning? Let's give these two handsome young men a big hand this morning as they're coming. All right. I want you in your own, let's see who's, who's better at turning a, we'll see who has a better knowledge of turning a screw. All right. Which one of you have experience? Which one do you want? Do you want the, you want the longer one? You get the shorter one? All right, get to work. I want you to screw those things all the way in, those pieces of wood there. All right? Well, at this pace, we'll be here all the way through the Super Bowl. But. Is that fun? That's not fun. Let's see if we can get you a little help here. Hmm, let's see what this can do for you. Try this one. Oh, heck yeah. That's a lot better deal, isn't it? So which one would you rather have? Huh? Any day of the week. Thank you. You guys can go now. Listen, listen, you can, you, can, you can try to do all this life by yourself. You can try to do this life by your own strength. But why, when you've got power inside of you, that, will, that is available at all times. It's a well, he is, a well that never runs dry. Why don't you just let that well spring up on the inside of you? Let those rivers of living water flow out of you by His Spirit because Jesus is here for you and He will give you strength beyond your own. Praise God. Where sin abounded, grace much more abounded. You know what? The Scripture says, in your weakness, His strength is made perfect. Amen. You might feel like, man, I'm way too weak. Listen, you are a set up for a candidate for the power of Jesus to live in you, to show you great and mighty things. Amen. It, the weaker you, listen, that, that only qualifies you more for his power. Your weakness, your failures. Listen, you are set up for Christ to come to your aid. It's not you living for Jesus. It's Jesus living through you. This is, this is 
your strength. He is your strength. He is an ever-present help in time of need. Praise God. No more stumbling around in your own, your own effort. No more striving and straining. Come to Him, all you who labor and who are weighed down with the burdens of life, and let Him refresh you. Let Him strengthen you. The Scripture says, You are of God, little children, and have already overcome them. For He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. In the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead, that brought Jesus Christ up out of that grave, lives in you. Why in the world would we spend one iota of a second depending on our own strength, relying on our own effort, when we have everything that we need in Him? This is my strength. Now look at this. It says, In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Let's say, this is my stride. It's interesting. It says that uh, in some other scriptures, it says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Man, I'm telling you, it's wonderful, right? That's wonderful. We walk by faith. You know what this means? It means it's slow. The walk of faith is a pace that we have to get into. We have to get into that stride because we want to rush things along. We're always in a hurry to get somewhere, always in a hurry to get something done, always in a hurry to get something to us. And so faith in that realm just, is just kind of out of, it's not convenient to walk by faith. Why can't we bullet train by faith? Why can't we rock it by faith? But it says we walk by faith. It's just one step in front of another. It just seems so slow. I have a life to live. Why do I have to walk by faith? Why can't God just speed things up? God is not, he is not moved by urgency. He's not in a hurry himself. I'm obviously, how long have we been in the last days? 2,000 years. He's obviously not in a hurry. Scripture says, be still and know that I am God. See, and, and we have to tap into this realm of faith, not by our senses, except by one, by hearing. By hearing the Word of God, and when that happens, faith comes, and when faith comes, then we are opened up to a whole different reality than what we can sense right here. And in faith, there is victory. In faith, there is help. Uh, I was thinking about um, Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Mark chapter 9, verse 23 is a perfect example of how God is not in a hurry. How God is not in a hurry and how He wants us to understand a greater truth than just our urgency, than just our feelings about the matter. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Anybody believe that today? If you, if you can believe, all things are possible to him. Let me back up for just a moment. Now, Jesus said this after this man who had a son who was having ep epileptic seizures. All right? I mean, this boy was suffering. And uh, the enemy, the devil was tormenting this kid. And, and um, he was having these seizures, not only just having seizures, but, but the, the father said that the spirit would convulse him and it would try to throw him in the water to drown him, throw him in fire, all this kind of stuff. I mean, this was a tormented child. And, and what happened was this man was trying to find someone to help his son. He'd been suffering for many years. And finally, he came across Jesus' disciples while Jesus was away with 
Peter, James, and John on a mountain having this glorious church service. <laughs> the other nine guys are down in this situation with this man, and none of them could help this kid. None of them, they were all afraid. I mean, this kid, how many of you ever seen someone having a seizure? Right? I mean, it is a, it's an awful thing to behold. You feel you want to do something immediately to help relieve the person's suffering. It's an awful, it's a very helpless feeling, right? You just have this urgency for this thing to stop immediately. And so uh, they could do nothing. So then Jesus comes down off this mountain with his disciples, and he sees the, all this crowd and all this ruckus going on, and he steps into it and says, what's going on? And this man says, my son uh, needs help, he needs healing, he needs deliverance, and I, I brought him to your guys, and they couldn't do anything. And then Jesus looks at his guys in front of everyone and says, you faithless and perverse generation, how long do I have to be with you? How many miracles do I have to do? How many times do I have to tell you? Why can't you just believe, right? But then, right at this moment, the spirit that was in that sickness controlling that kid sees Jesus, and he starts convulsing this child. So this child goes into this epileptic seizure. Now, here's Jesus standing here watching this, and if I'm him, I'm going to go, okay, that's enough of that right? That's not what Jesus does. He looks at the dad and says, how long has this been happening? Come on, Jesus, really? Is this really the time to go through his medical history? Can't you sense the urgency? How long has this happened? His, his father said since he was a child, and he starts telling him all what happened, and then his father says, but if you can do anything, help us. I have three children. And if they're suffering, I want their suffering to stop immediately. I can feel this father's heart. I can feel his desperation. I can feel his urgency for his child. If you can do anything, help us. Now, this, again, I want to help Jesus out. Because it looks like he, it, uh, it just seems like he's out of touch. This is what, Je and this is Jesus' response. If you can believe. Wow, that just is so insensitive, Jesus. You, you hurt his feelings if you tell him that. Hmm. You want me to be nice or you want me to tell you the truth? Because the truth will set you free if you'll accept it. Yeah. Or we can just play emotional games and we can pretend like everything's fine as long as we don't have any conflicts, as long as I'm not offending anyone. Or do you want to have a real-life in real truth. You can live a reactionary life and just freak out over everything and be an emotional roller coaster, or you can have your life grounded in truth and live a greater experience. And I'm here to tell you, desperate father, what you need is faith right now. I know you're desperate, and I know the situation has been awful in your life, but I'm here to tell you the thing that matters more than anything, what you need above anything, is not desperation, is not urgency. You need faith in God. Because this brings you to the realm of anything's possible. See, he's really trying to get something better to you, even if it hurts our feelings. Come on, can we be grown up enough to accept that sometimes our feelings can hurt and we need to get past that? And not get on social media and let everybody know how hurt and upset we are and blah, blah, blah. Come on, do we not have enough of that in society? Is anybody getting any better? Anybody getting any benefit from that whatsoever? Is that helping us? Hmm? I believe that I'm talking to a people who are going to know their God, be strong and do exploits in the earth. A people who are going to walk by faith, get in the stride of faith, and not get caught up 
in anything else. See, you're crucified with Christ. Your life is not your own. Now it's not you striving to live for God. It's Christ living in you now, see. He's given you the ability to overcome. He's given you the ability to walk by faith and to believe that truly all things are possible. Amen. I thank God for His grace. I thank God that, that He talks to me like a father. I thank God that He shows me the truth and helps me live beyond what I can do on my own. He loves you. And that's why He's going to tell you the truth. And sometimes it might sting a bit. Sometimes it might make you happy. Sometimes it might make you sad. Sometimes, whatever. Just be that one who says, I want to live in truth, no matter what I feel about it. Because we don't live by feelings. We don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. Thank you, Father, for this time together. Thank you for all of these here in this room, those watching on our live stream and those listening by podcast. Father, I thank you that you help us to reckon ourselves dead indeed to sin and alive to God. To tap into this strength that we have in you. To let Christ live through us. And to just walk the pace of faith. There's a song that was written years ago. It's called Blessed Assurance. You might have heard it. It says, this is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. It was written by a woman by the name of Fanny J. Crosby. Fanny J. Crosby, in her lifetime, wrote over 9,000 hymns. Fanny also wrote a song called Redeemed. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy. His child and forever I am. Just beautiful songs she wrote. But this is my story, Blessed Assurance, is a song that has ever, pretty much everybody knows that. It's almost up there with amazing grace. This is my story. This is my song. Come on, sing it with me. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Fanny J. Crosby was born with an, a deficiency in her eyes. And a doctor was going to try to use a radical procedure to help her and heated up some iron and pressed it to her eyes. <laughs> I don't know how anybody could reason that that would help the eye. It's like bleeding out. You know, that's how George Washington died. They literally bled to death. If we just get the bad blood out, well, all of it came out. We ended up ruining her eyes. And Fanny J. Crosby was blind from that day forward. And her mother tried to help her, and they were on a, a, a trip across the ocean. Uh, well, I, I say across the ocean, I mean along the ocean, to New York City, because there was a specialist there, they said, who had done wonders with people in their sight at that time, and maybe maybe there would be a chance for her to get her sight back. And on the way there, she, she laid in the bottom of the ship, 
and tried to get some sleep, and she said that the, the waves would, would beat on the side of the ship, and it was kind of annoying, you know, it was more just distraction. It, it only actually helped enhance her anxiety about this doctor visit, and just was really troubling to her. And they got there to New York City, and the doctor examined her, and, and, and they heard the very sad news. I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do for you, Fanny. You'll be blind the rest of your life. And very disheartened by this, Fanny and her mother got back on the, on the boat to head home. And it was nighttime, and she's laying down there, and those waves are being against the side of the ship again. And as she laid there, she decided that she was going to just surrender this entire thing to God. And they had let man do what they could, but she was tired. She was tired of false hope. She was tired of those kinds of things, and she finally just decided, okay, Lord, I'm yours. Whatever you want, I'm yours. And Fanny J. Crosby said the most interesting thing happened as she laid there as about a nine-year-old girl or so. She said, no longer did the waves beat on the ship. She said, now the waves started singing a song to me. I found a rhythm in the waves, and songs began to burst forth from her 9,000-plus hymns in her lifetime. And in this song, Blessed Assurance, she has this phrase that says, Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. An extraordinary thing, what she could see without seeing. She was in that realm of faith to see beyond the senses, the limitations of the senses, to know your reality is greater than what you see or don't see. Praise God. You are found in Him, righteous, holy, and above reproach. And it's the only way to be made right with God, to believe that Jesus died for your sins and that He was buried and He rose again from the dead. And the invitation is whoever believes on Him will have everlasting life. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.